You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens, with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 193 of Canadians Connection, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. A uh, bit of a drizzly day outside, uh, a little bit miserable, but uh, it's good podcasting weather. Good day to <laughs> record, tr- good day to listen. That's true. Um, a, a, a tough weather, um, and we uh, we feel for our, our fellow Quebecers, who uh, some still without power, and, and hopefully that gets remedied. Uh, quite soon, um, but we last week was the Victoria Day long weekend, and we say uh, to our American listeners, uh, Happy Memorial Day, uh, as they have uh, their long weekend, and and uh, everybody enjoy and and stay safe. Perfect. And uh, as we know, uh, today uh, or this podcast tends to be a bit of an interactive one. Uh, so over this Memorial Day weekend, if people are interested in interacting with us, uh, what's the best way to do so, Rick? Find us on social media. All Habs uh, is uh, one way you'll find us, whether Twitter, whether Facebook, whether Instagram, YouTube. Um, and uh, Canadians Conne- Habs Connection is is the other, but uh, you can also reach us directly by texting. There's a Rocket Sports text line, uh, 24 hours a day. It's simply 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Perfect. So I'll give everyone a quick rundown of what to expect on the show today. It's uh, it's quite newsy. Uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of an update on some of the Montreal Canadiens in the IIHF World uh, Championships and uh, some other roster news. Then that will be followed by uh, quite a bit of prospect news in the Habs prospect report. Uh, Laval had a pretty big week. And uh, then we have some more uh, news in the coaching carousel and news from around the hockey world. 
in segment two, it's going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun segment. Chris G is going to join us, and we're going to talk about the forwards. Last week's podcast, we went through the defensemen and all the things that uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon might do uh, with our Habs defensemen over the off season. And uh, for this week, it's going to be all about the forwards. So uh, that'll be quite an interesting discussion in segment two. And in uh, segment three, we have our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. And we'll get you all set and ready for next week in uh, Montreal Canadiens land. Fun show, Uh, especially that second segment uh, where pretty exciting uh, new forward will likely be added uh, at uh, the upcoming uh, NHL entry draft. Yeah, if you haven't heard yet, Montreal is picking first overall, and we're all very excited for that. For sure. And, uh, well, I guess uh, starting things off here, uh, we'll get you, you up to date with our uh, review week in review for the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, no games this week, but uh, we'll get right into the roster news. Please make sure you check out the Habs notepad and the Habs headlines at allhabs.net. So members of the Montreal Canadiens organization are representing their countries in the semifinals at the IIHF World Championships in Finland. Uh, This morning on uh, May the 28th, uh, Saturday, Finland beat the United States in a 4-3 victory. Uh, Joel Armia put up a goal and an assist for Finland. And uh, Sean Farrell put up a goal for the United States in the losing effort. Uh, later today, uh, we will have Canada versus Czechia. That is underway uh, at 11.20 this morning. 11 uh, at uh, the end of the second period. Uh, Canada uh, has a 4-1 to one, uh, lead, um, and uh, they could be uh, heading to the gold medal uh, championship game uh, against Finland uh, with one more good period. Um there we have um, goals from, who do we have? We have Dylan Cousins, Adam Lowry, Kent Johnson, and Matt Barzell. So it looks like uh, Josh Anderson uh, remains at six points, one goal, five assists uh, for his tournament. Uh, Yol Army has been terrific um, with seven points in nine games. Um, and uh, as you said, he's also headed uh, to the gold medal game. Yeah, we could see a Josh Anderson versus a Yoel Armia, so be uh, difficult to choose who, who to cheer for in that game. And Sean Farrell, uh, great showing um, in in his uh, in in his uh, world championship. Uh, Jordan Harris, curious. I hope we find out more about this. That uh, on the roster, uh, but did not get into a game for Team USA, and. Um, it just strikes me as a bit odd for for um, a young man to agree to play for his team, go over to uh, to Finland, and uh, not be deployed. It just seems a little odd. Yeah, I agree. Uh, hopefully, practicing with the team and being around all sorts of uh, NHL veterans uh, for sure will be a beneficial experience for him. But uh, we'll keep an eye on Jordan Harris for you. For sure. So uh, next here, uh, we had a great quote come from the director of hockey development, Adam Nicholas. Uh, I will clarify, uh, player development is his specialty, not uh, specifically prospect uh, development, but for all the players. Um, He explained a new approach uh, for developing players. The quote is, we must focus on empowering the players to maximize what they want to do. So I'll get a quick reaction from you on that one. 
Yeah, um, you know, helping um, players. Each player has has a vision of uh, who they want to be, and um, and and Adam Nicholas. Uh, it's it's kind of a different approach, helping them maximize their skills to get to to, to meet that uh, that goal. Um, and, and as you said, um, as far as player development and prospects, uh, no change to, to that department so far with Rob Ramage and, and Frankie Bullion. Um, but we saw through the, through the season since his hiring, Adam Nicholas was looking at player development uh, right throughout the organization. Of course, he's going to have, he's going to lean towards uh, the prospects, um, but he can help. He can be helpful um, to um, uh, the, the the players on the roster already and who have some uh, a fair bit of NHL experience. And Kent Hughes used the example of Vinny LeCavier uh, late in his career, uh, wanting some, some extra skills development, um, and, and that's the kind of refreshing new approach that a- Adam Nicholas can bring is be there to help as a skills uh, person um, and and um, and help people reach uh, their their goals. Yeah, there are a number of veterans on this uh, Canadians roster at the moment that I think uh, could. Uh, I guess use a little bit of development as uh, obviously they're starting to get older. Maybe the roles are starting to change. So uh, having a guy like Adam Nicholas there uh, and what his approach might be uh, help them out. uh, That's pretty beneficial for sure. So we have our uh, Sean Burke watch Um, at the moment. (laughs) It's still, uh, he's still listed as a director of goaltending on the Canadians website. Now that could change uh, any minute. I'm sure it's going to change any minute, but as of right now, as of right now, when we're recording, he's still the director of goaltending for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And, and we mentioned this. We have this watch because we remember Kent Hughes said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't be silly. He was never appointed as director of goaltending. That was just a, uh, you know, a casual discussion between Sean and, and Mark Bergevin. Um, and so we, 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 we kid. We like to, we like to uh, mention that Sean Burke is still uh, their director of goaltending, although we we expect that he'll return to his former role as a, a Western uh, scout pro scout um, for the upcoming season. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll keep the watch for you, and we'll update you once again next week if anything changes. For sure. So we'd like to pass on our sincerest condolences to the family of longtime radio broadcaster uh, Pierre Renfray. He uh, passed away uh, at the age of 72 after a battle with cancer. Uh, Renfrey spent 55 years at a, as a broadcaster for the Montreal Canadiens and uh, was formerly a play-by-play guy. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Yeah, so we'll move along here to our Habs Prospect Report. Uh, It was a big week for uh, the Laval Rocket. Uh, They uh, completed a three-game clean sweep against Rochester, and uh, they will be moving on to uh, the next round. Uh, to start the week on the 22nd, uh, they absolutely demolished the Amherst at the 6-1 to victory. Uh, the very next day on the 23rd, it uh, was a little bit better, a 3-1 to victory. But then game three, in a very dramatic fashion, 
the Laval Rocket uh, came away with a 6-5 to five overtime win, and uh, they will be moving along here, and uh, they will face the winner of uh, either the Springfield Thunderbirds or the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Springfield currently leads that series 2-1, to one, and uh, Game 3 is tonight on Saturday, uh, May the 28th. That's right. What a, what a, we remind everybody that for Laval, um, under the name the Laval Rocket, this is their first, uh, they're dipping their toe into the, the AHL Calder Cup playoffs for the very first time and now are moving on um, to the to the conference finals um, and uh, the Eastern Conference final. And, and um, the Rochester team was coming in as an offensive powerhouse and uh, Laval uh, just shut them down. Now um, it helped uh, that the first two games were in Laval and uh, full house, 10,000, almost 10,000 for each game. Uh, The crowd was, was, uh, was wild. The, the, uh, Laval Rocket um, um, played the, the J.F. Wool system and, and really uh, attacked and, and pressured um, the Rochester forwards on, and everywhere on the ice. And, and uh, Wool was very proud of, of the game plan that they had drawn up and, and very proud of the execution um, by his team. Uh, as you said, once it got back to Rochester, a little bit different that the, uh, the, the Amherst found their, their offense and, and made it, uh, made it a game, made it pretty exciting. Um, but JSD was able to, uh, score, uh, in, uh, overtime, uh, so that Lavelle swept, uh, that, uh, that series and, and, um, having them move along. Yeah, you mentioned uh, that there was about 10,000 per night. Uh, well, one of those guys uh, in Game 2 at Place Bell was uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens goaltender Sam Montembeau. Uh, he made an appearance in the crowd, so it's always fun to see uh, those players hang around in the city after the season ends and uh, get to see what they're up to. What are you doing when you're rehabbing from wrist surgery? Well, you go to a Laval Rocket game, of course, and, and uh, Sam seemed to be enjoying himself at, uh, at Place Bell for Game 2. Canadians prospect Riley Kidney has joined the Laval Rocket for the playoffs and is practicing with the team. Uh, what do you think about this opportunity for Riley Kidney? Great opportunity. First to be around uh, the Rocket, especially during an exciting playoff run. Um, but also, I mean, uh, he's a 100-point player in, in, in the queue um, to uh, – uh, get used to the system, get uh, get comfortable with uh, with teammates, and then have an opportunity to get into a game. Uh, that that will be an amazing experience. Jeff Wool said that um, you know the uh, the it's a little more physical in the AHL than um, than Riley Kidney wanted uh, may have experienced in the queue. Um, and so they're going to ease him in um, if he gets into a game at all. And um, but uh, you know there 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 are some opportunities because as we know uh, there are some ECHL call ups in the lineup for the Rockets. So it would be nice to have a few more of uh, a few more Canadians prospects in the lineup and one who's uh, you know uh, very much a playmaker like Riley Kidney. Yep, the AHL Eastern Conference Final will be a best-of-seven series. As I mentioned, it will either be Springfield or Charlotte. Uh, and the 
Laval will start the series on the road. Games three, four, and five, if necessary, will be played at Place Bell on June 8th, 10th, and 11th. So I'm sure that's going to be a packed crowd, and uh, I look forward to watching all of those games. I think I noticed that Game 3 is sold out already <laughs> at Place Bell. So, yeah, it should be a, a full barn. And and uh, the interesting thing is Laval will have some practice time. Talk about trying to incorporate Riley Kidney. Well, they will have some some practice time. We don't know when the game will start just yet. It'll start on the road. When the series will start, I'm sorry. Um, that, uh, but now we move from a, a five game series to a seven game series, uh, with a two, three, two format. And, uh, those mid that those middle three games, uh, be played in a Laval, uh, but not till, uh, June 8th. So, uh, as I said, some practice time for them to, um, get ready for their next opponent. Taking a look at uh, some Montreal Canadiens prospects in the CHL, uh, both uh, Jan Meshack and Arbor Jackeye are playing with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Meshack uh, scored a hat-trick and Arbor Jackeye scored a goal as, ha- as Hamilton Bulldogs beat the North Bay Battalion in a sweep in a best-of-game series, best-of-seven series, and the Bulldogs will advance to the Eastern Conference Championship. Uh in the OHL uh, with uh, their third consecutive four game sweep. The Bulldogs are now 12 and 0 to start the playoffs and the first team to have a 12 and 0 record in the playoffs since the Ottawa 67s did it in 2019. So far, Meshack holds on to eight points in the playoffs and uh, Jack Eye has nine points. Yeah. The, uh, the Bulldogs are the Eastern conference champion and they're going to the OHL final. Um, waiting for the the outcome um, of the other um, the the Spitfires and Firebirds uh, to see who that is. Um, but um, six nothing on Friday night, uh, the Bulldogs over the Battalion. Um, there is a Habs prospect on the North Bay Battalion, Joe Verbetic, uh, goaltender, did not play in that game. Um, probably fortunate for Joe. Um, but Jan Mishak has been great. Uh, his his hat trick, uh, game winner, um, and uh, as you said, Jacky hasn't been too bad either. But just a powerhouse. 12, 12 wins, no losses, and uh, they're moving on. Uh, out west, uh, Canadians prospect Caden Gooley scored twice and added an assist as the Edmonton Oil Kings beat the Winnipeg Ice to advance to the WHL Finals. Edmonton is, uh, well, they're 12-1, so not quite as good as the Bulldogs. Uh, with six goals, uh, Gooley is a top defenseman in the WHL playoffs. He has 14 points in 13 games. Uh, he's really turned it up in the playoffs. Through 25 regular season games, he had five goals, and in 13 postseason games, he has six. He's been great. Um, Winnipeg was able to, the Winnipeg guys were able to win one game in that series uh, versus Edmonton. Uh, but uh, Friday night it was Edmonton Oil Kings seven one winners uh, to um, to move on um, uh, in the in the WHL uh, and Caden Gooley's he's been terrific um, and you know I I think we all expect him we talked about uh, the defense last week and we all expect him to be challenging for uh, one of those uh, available defense spots. Next season, uh, I'm sure the Canadians uh, brass are are pretty proud of, of what he's doing in the playoffs so far. 
The Canadian Hockey League has announced that the 2023 Memorial Cup will be held in Kamloops, British Columbia. This year, the tournament's going to be in St. John's, New Brunswick. The the Memorial Cup is set to begin on June 20th, and uh, this is the first time that we'll be having this Memorial Cup in a couple of years. The last one was 2019. Uh, The previous two Memorial Cups were canceled due to the pandemic. We should be having it. It's it's uh, the Memorial Day weekend. We we should be having the Memorial Cup now. Uh, but we're as as you said, we're grateful that it's being held at all because uh, um, the first time um, since the pandemic that it's been run. So uh, we look forward to uh, following that series. And and there should be some Canadians. Well, there may be some Canadians prospects there, um, and uh, in in Saint John. So moving south of the border to where it is Memorial Day weekend, uh, in the NCAA, rookie Jakob Dobis was voted the 2021-2022 team MVP by the Buckeyes, uh, the big goalie and co-freshman of the year, and all big first team choice was uh, top seven in the NCAA in safe percentage, saves, and wins. So big rookie season for Dobis. Uh, I know you like this prospect quite a bit. I do. I, I just like the way his his career is uh, progressing. Um, he was a, a, a fifth-round pick in 2020 uh, by the Canadians uh, from Czechia, 21 years old, 6'4", 200 pounds. Um, but, uh, you know, he... He had a challenge uh, when he joined the, the USHL, the Omaha Lancers, uh, had a great season there and a, and a good playoff run, and then took the step up to go to the NCAA, play for Ohio State this year, had a great season, uh, 226 goals against average, 934 save percentage, three shutouts, and a 21-12-2 record. So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report and listen slash subscribe to the Press Zone. On last week's podcast, we had a complete breakdown of Caden Primo's game with audio from head coach J.F. Uhl. So taking a look around the league uh, with some hockey news, the NHL coaching carousel continues. The Philadelphia Flyers have interviewed John Tortorella for their vacant head coaching position. Uh, Torts always seems to be in the mix for head coaching jobs no matter what. And especially uh, when you consider that the Flyers just let go of Alain Vigneault earlier this season, I think this is going to be a good fit. The Flyers seem like a team that have underachieved a little bit and maybe internally they think they could be better. So I, I think Tortorella would be a nice fit there. I think so too. And, and just uh, the personality match, the, you know, the reputation of the Philadelphia Flyers, the the brashness of a John Tortorella seems like a match made in heaven. And well, you know, we, we don't have a dog in the fight. Um, it's, it's nice to root for uh, some interesting storylines to come out of this if indeed Tortorella is hired as uh, the next Flyers coach. So this week on Andy Strickland's podcast, uh, Canadians general manager Kent Hughes confirmed that Martin St. Louis will be back next season as head coach. The quote from Hughes is, at some point this week or next, we'll get, ra- we'll get things wrapped up. So when things are confirmed, we'll definitely have a big discussion about this on Canadians Connection podcast. But uh, for now, I will grab a quick reaction from you on this one, Rick. Well, I mean, uh, I think that fans are are concerned that at the the end of the season, uh, Ken Hughes said yes, it was going to happen. 
Marty St. Louis said, yes, I want it to happen. And um, I, I think this is just more reassuring for the fan base that, um, that yes, it's, it's, it's going to happen that who are starting to get, uh, well, you see on social media, folks starting to get a little nervous. Now, uh, this the, the the head coaching um, uh, signing um, is is not the only item on the plate of of Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes. Uh, they were they've been busy. They were over at the World Championships. Um, so, you know, the fact that it isn't done, uh, should we be concerned? I don't think so. Um, and, and we know that 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 Marty is is a character. He he. He certainly is a self-promoter. He certainly, um, you know, likes to to uh, um, tell everybody about his worth, and um, and and he said at the time that uh, you know he thinks he would be a head coach, but uh, he would have to to think about whether coming back to Montreal or there would, would there be other opportunities. Well, I don't think there will be a whole lot of teams lining up for an inexperienced. Um, uh, head coach uh, St. Louis has found uh, a niche where where he's welcome, where he can can have some effect. Um, we'll see if this was uh, uh, an argument about money or not. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't expect a whole lot here. Maybe a three year contract at a million and a half. Uh, that seems reasonable when you think of John Cooper at four or, or Barube with St. Louis at, at, at three. We remember uh, Rod Brindamore, who the two are compared. He, he started with Carolina at, I think, 650K. Uh, so I, let's, let's hope that we're talking about Marty St. Louis being extended on next week's podcast. And another uh, big uh, personality who used to play in the <laughs> NHL, uh, Yarmer Yager. He was involved in a car accident uh, with uh, a tram in uh, Plazenska, Czechia. Yager posted a photo to his Instagram story and confirmed that he was able to walk away without a scratch. But uh, there is a huge dent in the front uh, driver's side door of his Kia. Uh, he, he says it's his, it was his fault that there was a lot of traffic. He made a move and, and shouldn't have... Uh, and just uh, looks like the driver's door got the full brunt of of the train, the tram uh, that ran into him. Um, this could have been a really awful story, but fortunately, as you said, he was able to walk away uh, uninjured. Yeah, so uh, hoping uh, Yager remains okay. Uh, another Yager news, Yarmar does plan to return to Clad. Cladno uh, for his 35th pro season in uh, 2022-23, and he could be playing with former Montreal Canadian star Thomas uh, Plakanic. So it's uh, hard to imagine that after all these years outside the NHL, these two are still uh, going at it in Europe. Yager's going to be 50 years old, and uh, but he wants to come back, and he's and uh, he wants to play with uh, Plakanitz in in the playoffs uh, over there. Um, and he says, "Fans, what do you think? You know, he's he's looking for." Uh, some encouragement, but um, I wouldn't put pa- put it past him uh, coming back. He's he's still, if you've seen uh, some of the tape of, of those games, he's, he still can be a very good player, very productive. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll be tuning in to uh, watch uh, Yawker anytime soon, <laughs> but hey, if, if you get Thomas Blakanitz in there, maybe I'll uh, make some time for it. There you go. Uh, taking a look at the Stanley Cup playoff update here. Um, Edmonton have eliminated Calgary 
Colorado defeated St. Louis. Uh, Edmonton and Colorado will face each other in the Western Conference Final. Uh, Tampa Bay swept Florida, and they advanced to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, they will face the winner of the Hurricanes and, and the Rangers. Uh, Carolina has a clan, has a chance to clinch tonight. Uh, they currently lead the series 3-2. to two. Bit of a surprise for me. It was uh, uh, the surprise is Florida, um, who presents com- uh, presidents trophy winners and um, and their style, their their game that was so successful during uh, the regular season um, just didn't work in the playoffs. Um, and uh, and we we have um, we're, we're we're narrowing it down to uh, it's going to be four by the end of this weekend. So. Um, but what does that mean um, as our listeners um, who may be uh, invested in the playoffs or may just want to know, what does this mean for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, uh, first of all, Toffoli and Kirk uh, Muller and Ben Chirot are all eliminated from the playoffs. Brett Kulak and Arturi Lekkanen will be the two advancing to the next round. And well, Lekkanen's uh, well, been great. But- oh, my goodness, he's been good. Um and I know he was briefly on the first line in um, in Montreal to showcase him for a trade before the trade deadline, but genuinely he's been playing on the top line. Genuinely he's been getting a lot of power play minutes, and and uh, what a valuable addition for uh, for Colorado uh, for the playoff run. Yeah, uh, well, we knew he was going to be a big part of that team for sure, especially when uh, Montreal traded him. So it's it's nice to see that he has that opportunity, and I, I think he's actually surpassed my expectations at this point. Yeah, he's been he's been superb, um, and you know, as uh, Colorado made the Joe Sakic made the right moves, the the moves that the team needed, and and uh, they look really good. So taking a look at how these uh, playoffs could affect the Montreal Canadiens, uh, a nice Canadiens connection for you. Uh, with the elimination of the Flames, uh, the Canadiens will now select at worst the 27th overall in uh, this uh, upcoming draft with the second first round pick that they have. That was uh, the first round draft pick that the Calgary Flames traded to them in the Toffoli trade. And they could move up as high as 26 if the Rangers end up beating Carolina so I, for now, I guess go Rangers, maybe <laughs> twenty six or twenty seventh. That's uh, that's not bad. That's what we know it's going to be. Uh, that second first round pick. Will they use that second round first round? There's a bit of drama about that. Will it be a Hughes that gets uh, selected there, uh, or will they use that uh, second first round pick to uh, move up? And and that's kind of a tease for. Uh, what we're going to be talking about in segment two. For sure. And uh, the other thing here is that if uh, the Oilers beat the Colorado Avalanche and reach the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, the second round pick that Montreal received in the Brett Kulak trade will be moved to uh, 2023. uh, And, well, I mean, do you have any preference on that one, Rick? Well, and and that relates uh, to Duncan Keith uh, and and the compensation um, that... uh, Edmonton owes uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, so it could be moved to uh, 2023, and and that's fine with me. Um, I think that uh, spreading out your pick, Canadians have 14 picks, have a lot of picks this uh, this draft, spreading them out, uh, and also it's hard to judge, but uh, 2023 promises at this point to be a bit better draft, so 
not a bad thing at all um, if it happens. Again, if it happens this year, it's it's fine and, and can be used as a pick to add a, a great prospect or um, as uh, as a way of of um, of leveraging their their other picks. Yep, and as you uh, just mentioned, there is a bit of a tease. In our second uh, segment, we will be having a discussion about the forwards. So I think now is the time uh, to take our first break on the Canadians Connection podcast. Coming up, we'll hear from our sponsors, and then the big topic discussion. Chris G is going to step in, and we're talking forwards. Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and who else? Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio, joining me for this segment only is Chris G, who you can find at ChrisHabs360. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good, Michael. How are you? Not too bad. And also in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. And uh, Rick, how's it going? Welcome to segment two. Happy to still be here and looking forward to this segment. Yep, as I mentioned, coming out, coming uh, into the ad break, uh, this is the forward segment. So this off season, uh, as we mentioned, like many times on this podcast, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes will be extremely busy. Uh, the first order of business will be to draft a high level forward prospect at the entry draft with that first overall pick. I think that's going to be the easy one, but also they're going to have to identify a winger, a top winger to play alongside Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. They will also want to look to continue to provide opportunities to young players who will want to advance their careers and support them with experience. And uh, well, I think I'll also throw in there that they're going to want to shed some uh, cap space. So taking a look here at uh, our NHL forwards, what we'll do is uh, I'm going to go through, I guess, some clumps of the players that currently on the Montreal Canadiens, and then we'll kind of move along from there. How does that sound to you guys? Sounds great. 
Perfect. So uh, first and foremost, uh, someone uh, that I think kind of belongs in his own area is uh, larger than life, Jonathan Druan, who's currently on LTIR. I'll start with uh, Rick on this one. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Jonathan Druan heading into this postseason? Well, rather rather tenuous um, connection to, to the Canadians at this point. Um, and, um, you know, he's had every opportunity to prove himself and live up to, uh, all the hype, uh, his, his, his former junior coach, uh, that was able to bring him, uh, a lot of success. Um, that didn't work. Nothing's worked. Um, and, uh, it might, uh, be a, a chance. I, I think, um, Canadians fans and and even um, the the French media was ready to move on from Jonathan Duran. Unfortunately, um, injured as you said on LTIR, so that's going to that's going to make moving him that much uh, more difficult. But uh, I I just found it interesting that um, you know on the, even on the RDS uh, website. Uh, that the priorities for uh, Ken Hughes were were laid out. One of them was uh, freeing up cap space, as you said, and uh, Jonathan Drouin was the first name in their list as someone to move with his $5.5 million contract. Uh, I think with uh, Drouin, he's heading into his final, the final season of his contract at the 5.5 cap hit. Uh, with the injuries, I think... He'll he'll start the season with the Canadians. Will he finish it? I wouldn't count on him finishing the season. I think his his cap kit cap hit as the season goes on becomes more digestible for another team. But in this world of uh, a flat cap, taking five point five million for Joanne, who's been injury prone, I guess the last couple of seasons, will be uh, will be a tough sell to move on. And, and just to add to something that you mentioned uh, off the top, Michael, one of the priorities is looking for someone who can play with uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, who are going to make up that first line. Uh, they, they had a, a, a rotating carousel of partners, whether it was Rem Pitlick or Josh Anderson, um, Mike Hoffman. They were all tried and, and, you know, they all look good for maybe five minutes and then uh, the chemistry wasn't there or the consistency wasn't there or in Pitlick's case, the defensive play wasn't there. Will they Will they try? Will they give Jonathan Duran a, a, an audition if he's at uh, training camp? That's yet to be seen. But again, um, that, that, play's got, that line's got to be responsible defensively and that is not necessarily Duran's calling card. Yeah, I think you both said that very, very well. We'll see what happens with this long-term injury, but I wouldn't expect him to be on uh, the Montreal Canadiens at least past the trade deadline. So this next group here, uh, I'm going to call them the safe group in that I think that there's a pretty good chance that they're all going to be here uh, come training camp. And by the end of next season, I've got Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Jake Evans, Ryan Paling. Uh, I'll start with Chris on this one. Uh, well, when it comes to okay, Nick Suzuki, like uh, Brendan Gallagher, yeah, for sure they're they're st- uh, sorry, Brendan Gallagher, Cole Caulfield, I meant to say, for sure they're staying with uh, with the team. Like you threw in the names there of Ryan Paling and uh, and Jake Evans. If the Canadians want to make like an actual hockey deal and get these good players, because all the names that we've been that uh, we've been throwing out there are players with bad contracts. That the, that the Canadians should trade 
But the Canadians want to make things interesting. I think either like a Jake Evans or a Ryan Paling. I think that would be an interesting, like um, interesting for another team to get. So I think either Evans or Paling. Like like I have no preference. I think one of those two players um, is, you know, you could sacrifice them in order to make the team uh, better. Yeah, I, um, uh, those are yeah. Su- Suzuki and Caulfield aren't necessarily going anywhere. Although uh, one person thinks that Caulfield's going, but um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, those those uh, digestible kind of contracts are the kind you want on a team uh, like this. A team that's not ready for prime time. A team that's not going to be making the playoffs next year. Um, and uh, Paling and Evans have have uh, both proven uh, that they can play up and down the lineup, um, but would be pretty good as your um, as your middle six, your bottom six um, uh, next season. Uh, and and center depth is so important. So I, I think I think it's uh, uh, yes. Could they be added as a sweetener to a deal? Yes, but but you re- those are the guys you you hate to give up. You want to have uh, with your organization. Yeah, the reason why I kind of included Evans and Paling into that group is because I know this team has struggled time and time and again with their center ice. So I felt like having, I guess, both Evans and Paling, like you said, middle six, maybe bottom six, they're they're bona fide NHL players at the moment. I'd like to see them stick around, but I see where uh, Chris G might think that they'd be a good sweetener for another team. But uh, speaking, oh, sorry, Chris, you want to weigh in here? Well, I'm just gonna add, like, what what would the center line like look like for the Canadians? Like, if you're looking at uh, Nick Suzuki as your number one center, then there's you know Christian Dvorak who's in there. Like, I know we haven't spoken about him, but he's in there as well. And then if you throw in, you know, let's say like a Shane Wright potentially as a centerman over there. So then you know there's even Evans and Paling. So then you're moving one on the wing. Like, it just seems like there's an extra body down the middle. Well, I think we've seen that uh, from this past season that ex- bo- extra bodies are welcome, uh, given the, the number of injuries that the Canadians had, especially those kind uh, who can play in a variety of roles. So, uh, And yes, we haven't got to Christian Dvorak yet and can't wait to talk about how it might be an opportunity to move him along. All right, you guys convinced me. I'll, I'll bring in Christian Dvorak with this next group. <laughs> I got Dvorak, I have Hoffman, I have Anderson, I have Gallagher. Uh, in my mind, I see these guys as maybe some players with some larger contracts that could get moved on from. Uh, I, I don't know if they will be able to before next season, but uh, Rick, uh, what are your thoughts on them? Well, listen, and, and you, you look at, um, at the folks in RDS and, and who are trying to suggest ways of freeing up some payroll dollars, and you see all of those names on there. You see Hoffman and Dvorak um, and, uh, and Anderson, who's, you know, um, um, been inconsistent, but an uh, important part of the team. But uh, Dvorak, what a, you know, when the, when the trade was made, um, that uh, it was the analytic folks uh, that said Christian Dvorak is a player who looks good with very good players. Um, and uh, he looked good in junior, very good, better than he was, but he's not a guy who who um, is able to drive the play on his own. He kind of coasts along, he rides coattails. Uh, but the, the uh, argument was made, well, he's a great defensive player. We didn't see that happen again. Uh, this year. It was a massive overpay for Dvorak. Uh, many people knew that. 
And uh, it would be really nice if if um, if his contract, $4.45 million, was able to be moved uh, during the season, especially when you have um, younger players who can take that center spot um, and not look, uh, you know, not look out of place doing it. Uh, for for Dvorak, like I, I agree that it's not a the contract acquisition doesn't look good right now, but I'm thinking the Canadians like if they, un, unless the, if they trade Christian Dvorak, which would be nice, I think they're going to end up looking for another veteran centerman anyways. So I think they're gonna they're gonna keep him at least for for next season. Have him support like the the Nick Suzuki's, the Evans or Paling or. You know the Canadian's first round draft pick. I won't mention his name. Uh, support him down the middle, and then you know the other players like Gallagher or Hoffman. I think all those contracts would be nice to trade, but like you mentioned, Michael, I think it will be difficult to get uh, rid of those bad contracts. So my next group, uh, I, I've got a couple veterans that uh, I want to talk about. Uh, it's uh, Joel Armia, who is doing really well at the IIHF World Championships, but I'm also going to lump him in with uh, Paul Byron. So I'll defer uh, back to Chris on this one. Uh, where do you see these guys uh, next season? If uh, the Canadians are looking to um, to create some cap space, I think those are two good names. Armia, if he's doing good in the tournament, well, maybe he's raising the, the value of him as a player uh, and you know and Armia we saw in the Canadians uh, Stanley Cup playoff run that how valuable he could be to a team uh, we didn't see it consistently uh, this season that just ended and on Paul Byron's end like we we know how he could be useful like with his speed with his penalty kill but injuries injuries have creeped up on him and if it's somebody that the Canadians could move as well, you know, I'd look at moving him. It's, um, yeah, both of them, they, they, they aren't playing up to their contracts. Um, uh, Paul, Paul Byron, um, last year of, of his $3.4 million uh, contract, he brings leadership um, I know it's important uh, for the French media to have French speakers. He has that. Um, I don't. I, I think it would be almost impossible to find a buyer for a Paul Byron at three point four million dollars. Um, Armia, different story. Um, you know, maybe at the trade deadline, as you, as Chris said, that um, he's uh, he can uh, ramp up his play for the playoffs. Um, but I, I don't mind keeping uh, Armia for this season either uh, because he brings something, his puck possession game, there's nobody else uh, on on the team who can play that kind of game and that can be helpful to uh, a line of young players uh, to provide a physical presence, to provide uh, the retrieval that he can on the forecheck. Um, I... I um, it would would it be nice to clear out some space? Sure, but I, I see uh, Armia staying for a while, at least to the trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, those are two guys that I don't see them being in a rush to ship out. Uh, maybe an Armia at the trade deadline, but even then, I, I think he's a pretty solid vet to have around. Yeah. Maybe he makes a little bit too much money, but uh, I'm not I'm not chopping him around uh, a whole lot. 
So I have another uh, group of players here. It's a pretty big group, so I'm going to take a big breath here as I say them all. So I've got Pizzetta as an RFA. I have Rem Pitlick as an RFA. I have uh, Laurent Delphine as a UFA, Perot as a UFA, and Tyler Pitlick as a UFA. So I'll go to Chris. Uh, yeah, that is kind of a, a big group to, to talk about. Like uh, Michael Pizzetta, you know, I... I think the Canadians will, will re-sign him to like maybe like a two-way contract and, you know, so try to make him start the season in, um, in in Laval. Like, you know, he'll have to go through waivers. If that's the case, they lose him, that's fine, not a big deal. Uh, same thing for uh, for M. Pitlick. I think they'll, they'll sign him, you know, if they need to send him to Laval, depending on what the roster looks like, you know, keep him around. Uh, Laurent Dauphin, I think he's done with the Canadians. I think they'll, they'll walk away from that uh, from that player. He, you know, he did some provide some good services with Laval Rocket at the start of the season. Uh, well, this season, I should say, he was a leading scorer for the Rocket and in the league at the time that he was called up. Mathieu Perrault, I think uh, it was pretty evident at the end of the season that there's no plans of bringing him back. And same thing for Tyler Pitlick. He's not. Um, I don't expect him to be back with the Canadians next season. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I don't see any reason to bring any of the unrestricted free agents back. Dufan, Perot, Pitlick. Um, there's not a good case to be made there, especially with an excess of forwards. Um, Pazetta and Pitlick, kind of for the same reason. Uh, well, first there are a phase, so. Yes, they'll be qualified, um, and they're both entertaining players in different reasons. They're not; they're neither one is a, is a solid NHL player, but both are entertaining. Pizzetowit for his physical play, and Pitlick uh, for his offensive play. Although the analytics folks will tell you he's the worst defensive forward in the National Hockey League. Uh, maybe that's not important in a rebuilding team. Um, maybe he, you know, doesn't find him himself in a in a, a top six role once the Canadians uh, bring in more talent. Uh, but for now, he's kind of an entertaining guy and and uh, a fan favorite. I have a follow-up on Pizzetta because he did spend a decent amount of time uh, up uh, playing with the Montreal Canadiens in more of a bottom six role. Uh, do you think that he'll be able to repeat that or do you think he'd come back primarily to go back to Laval? Uh, for me, uh, mostly Laval, but, um, um, you know, uh, it would be a, a call up and, and certainly when they need a physical force. Yeah, I would agree. I think he, he would start the season in Laval and maybe at some point in the season because of injuries or otherwise he'd be a, he'd be a call up. Perfect. So uh, moving on to our non-roster forwards, uh, I have another player kind of in his own category here. Uh, Yessa Ulanen, uh, do you think that he's somebody that could make the jump to the NHL next year, or do you think that they're going to be patient and keep him in the AHL? I'll uh, go to Rick with this one. He, he might. Uh, I, I think he makes a strong case for himself to be part of the lineup uh, because of the, the number of forwards. And if they're, they're, Kent Hughes is not able to make space, he, he might spend some time in, in Laval. But he's, he looks and plays like an NHL. He plays an NHL game. He skates like an NHLer. He shoots like an NHLer. He's smart. Uh, he'll make a case to be part of, of the lineup. Um, so I, you know, I, I think he, uh, there, there's not many forwards, uh, prospects in, in Laval, but he's one and he's a good one. 
I think Ilonen, uh, at some point, he'll, he will play with the Canadiens next season. Will it be in October or November, December? Like I'm, I'm not sure, but he'll definitely, I think, battle for a, for a roster spot at training camp. Yeah, I, I've liked what he's done uh, with Laval this season, and when he's been called up, he has not looked out of place in the NHL. So I, I, I kind of agree with both of you there. We'll see what happens in training camp. I think there's an opportunity for sure. Uh, I have a group of prospects that uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of bullish on. Uh, I'm looking at Heinemann, I'm looking at Kidney, I'm looking at Wah, and I'm looking at uh, Meshack. Are any of these guys players that you think could surprise and uh, make the team out of camp? Uh, do you think they'll be in Laval? Do you think they'll be in junior? I'll, uh, I'll go with uh, Chris. Uh, I think uh, Kidney, uh, Roy, and Mysak will begin the season with the Laval Rocket. Uh, for for Emil Heinemann, I'm I'm still undecided. Like I think what might happen with with Heinemann is he might start the season or the training camp with Canadians and then maybe head back to to Europe. But um, you know he he had some injury issues last season, like the season that just ended. Like we saw, he came over to uh, you know to begin his his rehab, and then he ended up going back to uh, to Europe. And I think for the start of the season, might not be ready for uh, for the North American game. Yeah, I think um, you know mo- uh, most of the players on this are going to ben- benefit from uh, a full season in Laval. Um, Heinemann has had injuries, and he's gone back to have those dealt with. Um, I, I, I'd like to see him. I, I, I really like to see uh, some prospects in Laval next year. So uh, Heinemann, um, uh, Kidney, uh, Meshack. Meshack's already had some experience with uh, with the rocket, um, and then was allowed to go back to, to Hamilton. Uh, all of those, uh, I expect to, to spend some good time with Lavelle. Um, uh, Wah is a bit different. Joshua Wah, uh, just picked last year, a fifth round pick, uh, very young. And, uh, I think all the indications have been that, um, He's only played one year in the queue. Uh, that another season uh, in, in with Sherbrooke would be uh, really beneficial for him. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. It would be really nice to see a few prospects end up in uh, Laval uh, next season. Uh, like you said, Kidney, Meshack, uh, maybe a Heineman. Uh, we'll see. He He's unfortunately been injured. Uh, he showed up to Laval injured. He's not been able to play yet. So we'll see what happens in training camp on that. Uh, I have a couple guys here that are all, I, I guess, probably better suited for uh, Laval. Maybe they could slide into a depth role. Uh, we'll see. But uh, Cam Hillis, uh, I have Condotta, I have uh, Harvey Pinard. Uh, I guess very well-liked guys by that organization. I'll, uh, I'll go to Rick. I'll get your thoughts on these guys. Cam Hillis, um, he's, he's very smart. He's seen as a leader. Um, had had been in and out of the lineup, but uh, again, a, a guy who can benefit from a full season uh, with an increased role. Um, Harvey Pinard, he's uh, again a, a fan favorite. He even got a call up, um, and uh, may be uh, in line for um, a call up uh, for call ups next season. But um, you know, give him give him another season, give him more responsibility in Laval, and uh, and and he'll be fine. Condado will be in Laval as well. 
yeah, when it comes um, to Hillis, I think he needs a full year with uh, with the Laval Rocket. And, you know, and same thing with, with Harvey Pinard. I think Harvey Pinard, like, I don't think there's any chance that he starts the season with the Canadians. But with injuries, like we saw, he, he played a couple of games uh, this season with, uh, with Montreal because of COVID. And I do expect at some point next season he'll be uh, one of the call-up options for the Canadians. He had a really good regular season for Laval. Uh, in the playoffs, you know, in terms of production, he's he's been uh, he's been quiet on that end, but I think he'll 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 be able to make um, play a couple of games with the Habs next season. Looking at my RFA UFA group for uh, Laval, uh, I've got Schnarr, I have uh, Teasdale, those are both RFAs, and then there's Vedamo, Belzeal, D, and Paquette, all who are UFAs. Uh, Chris, who do you want to see come back, and do you think any of these guys could get a call up? Uh, Joel Teasdale, I think, will be back. I think uh, JS Day, I think, will we'll be back as well, like another veteran, and uh, Alex Belzeal. I think those three players will, will be back next season with, uh, with Laval. Will they get an opportunity with the Canadians? Uh, Teasdale, I, I doubt. Uh, JS Day, he was the only player this season uh, that had an AHL NHL contract that didn't get called up. So the, you know, the odds are not working in his favor. Alex Belzil, you know, maybe if the team is gets a lot of injuries and they need somebody, he might get a, a call up. Uh, when it comes to Cedric Paquette, uh, I don't expect him to be back with the Canadians. Uh, I don't think he he was really happy with the way the Canadians treated him before he he got sent to Laval. Even though he's he's been he's been playing well overall with the Rockets, seems to be having fun. But I don't see him coming back for another opportunity next year. And uh, Nate Nate Schnarr, you know, he, he was acquired in the trades with the with the Devils. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be back with the Laval Rockets. Um, next season if you're asking me now to place uh, to place a bet i'd say that he he likely won't be back next year but uh that's uh, subject to change in terms of my opinion so um yeah i think the the rfas and the the unrestricted free are completely different groups so we'll kind of split them off here um the ufas the straight ufas belzeal d and and pet Again, there's just no reason for them to be back in Laval. None. Um, when when we talked about it last week, that um, when you have a Willette around, um, a coach is going to rely on him. But when you when you start bringing in prospects, it's nice to have these guys around and these these uh, these guys who uh, have been around the the AHL forever. Um, but the coach tends to rely on them and, and what, what you need for true development. And we're talking about development and transition and how poor it's been, uh, for the Montreal Canadians. We can't fall back into the same, Oh, we like these guys. Oh, it's nice. Oh, they're fan favorites. Oh, let's have them back. Uh, these guys have to learn to play together. They have to learn to win together. They have to learn to lead together, uh, these young prospects. And so, um, you know, a Belazil who takes up far too much space in the locker room for the kind of talent he has uh, can move on. And, and Paquette certainly um, 
you know, Avedemo is in a different situation. Uh, Lucas Vedemo is a prospect who who's was drafted, who um, you know has been with the team, had some injury problems this year. So as far as 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 uh, UFA, UFAs, I would bring back Vedemo. Uh, the RFAs, I think uh, you you qualify them. Teasdale for sure. Um, uh, Nate Schnarr, what a nice pickup uh, for for Andrew Hammond. Uh, he's scrappy. He's a real team guy. Um, does he have an NHL future? Probably not, but, uh, he's the kind of guy who, um, is going to be team first, um, uh, give you some, um, experience to play with the younger prospects and not, and, and not be, uh, you know, a guy who's, uh, going to need a lot of, uh, attention by the coaching staff. Yeah, I like what you've gotten at there uh, with wanting to make Laval more about developing prospects as opposed to somewhere where you have a lot of AHL veteran type players. So I think that's definitely going to be an important thing for this team moving forward. Um, I guess, like, how do I ask this? I'll, I'll pose this to you, Rick. How many veterans versus how many prospects would you like to see down there? It's not, a, it's not a number. It's not, it's, you look at the way that AHL teams are comprised and um, it's difficult. You can't say, well, we'll take three of these and five of those. And because the AHL is a fluid lineup, it's always in motion. It's always, and that's the way it's designed and that's the way it's supposed to be. So you need the right people. You need the, the right folks there the right voices that are supporting being mentors um and 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 able to support your prospects but you 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 if i was doing it and, and the way some good teams do it uh they worry about their prospects first and then bring in that right guy that adam cracknell or uh you know that that is an AHL veteran that's going to help lead but is not going to expect to to get all the press uh, expect to uh they they're they're happy with the the role that they have and uh do you have anything to add to that one chris well i think like there's still an AHL team needs a couple of AHL veterans that will be there for the for the entire season like the rest of lineup will be fluid so you'll have players coming in and out so you still need a couple of uh, veterans like like in Laval, let's say in goal, like they had a Kevin Poulin who was a veteran who essentially played the whole season with Laval, and he was able there to, you know, to support and mentor uh, Keenan Primo when he was there. Well, McNiven when he was there in, in uh, with the team. So I think like the veterans, not an abundance of them. I'm not saying like the three quarters of the team needs to be veterans. I think you still need a, a like a, a couple of veterans that will that you know will be with Laval the entire season and won't get called up and. That will help the continuity uh, and keeping the team together regardless of who's in and out of the lineup or the roster, I should say. Awesome. I like your example there with Kevin Poulet. He's a really good example of the type of veteran that you would want to have down there. Mm Mm-hmm. So in addition to putting together a group of forwards, Gordon and Hughes must free up a decent amount of cap space. We all know that the Montreal Canadiens are right up pressed against the cap. Um, They also want to, I guess, create some opportunities to bring in some other players by freeing up some space. So are there any uh, forwards in mind that uh, you that you would want to get rid of to free up some cap space? I guess, is there a realistic uh, opportunity to do so this offseason? I'll, I'll go to Rick. 
Well, and, and we've talked about some of them already. Um, yes, uh, let's just say yes. Uh, if somebody comes to uh, you um, wanting a Brendan Gallagher, uh, if a GM wants to add him to the t- you say yes. Uh, you say yes to a Mike Hoffman. You say yes to a Christian Dvorak. Um, you just say yes <laughs> um, and, and um, move these guys along who are not going to be uh, part of your future and who are taking up a, a good portion of your cap space, not only next year, but, uh, you know, in Gallagher's case um, or Josh Anderson's case right through to 2026, 20, 27. Yeah, Ken Hughes wouldn't be doing his job if he wouldn't be listening to, uh, to offers. I think essentially like uh, any forwards that has a contract, like besides like the Suzuki and the Caulfields, who are the young players, everybody else, you get a decent offer. Like Rick said, you say yes, and you and you move on. Take the next call, and 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 just to add to that, uh, what you don't want to get into is uh, guys who where where you want to where they are interested in a Brendan Gallagher, but have you um, carry salary for you know uh, the next few years? So you don't want to have to give up good prospects or draft picks to make those kinds of things happen, um, because then you might as well just keep the player, um, unless it's going to be. Um, a substantial cut in your in your cap space. Yeah, I, I like that point. Uh, you look at what happened at uh, the NHL draft last season with uh, all sorts of teams handing over first-round picks to the Arizona Coyotes if they take said contract. Um, Chris, do you agree that that's something that uh, the Montreal Canadiens should try to avoid? Uh, I, I'm assuming that not with this first overall pick, but uh, they have some other first-round picks. Do you think that they'll try to avoid giving up uh, one of those as a sweetener to get rid of a contract? Well, when it comes to a first-round draft pick, I think for this season, yes, they'll avoid it because the draft is in Montreal. So I think so that comes into factor... Um, as well, but as an overall philosophy, like in the, in the state that the team is right now in a rebuilding mode, I think like the, the, the top draft picks, you, you keep them and you try to get good players, good prospects that will help the team in the long term. Perfect. So uh, assuming Montreal does have some cap space to use, uh, we have free agency coming up just around the corner after the draft. Um, Do you guys have any free agents in mind for what Montreal might want to go after? Uh, I'm assuming they'll probably want to go after some lower cost guys, probably some vets to help insulate some of the younger players. Uh, Maybe if there's a young-ish player that maybe hasn't quite reached his potential, that could be a target as well. I'm looking at my list here. I had three guys that came to mind that might fit that area. I have Andreas Athanasiu, I have a Cody Eakin, and I have a Tyler Ennis. Uh, do you guys agree with that? And uh, are there other names that come to mind? Well, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I'm surprised you didn't put Patrick Brezhner on that list, Michael. <laughs> well, we talked about that last week. Uh, well, I think like those are like the... the like Kent Hughes has gone out and said that he he won't be going uh, after like the A style, like the, the the A quality of free agents. So I think those are the type of players that he'll be he'll be looking for in uh, in in the off season. Like don't expect like the big uh, superstars. So yeah, so you mentioned three names. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure we could come up with another three names. We could all come up with three different names, and there they'd all be good uh, potentials. And I think the the key is, um, like we talked about last week, um, uh, that Kent Hughes wants to trade Jeff Petrie. 
that's a no-brainer if you can get rid of his $6.25 million contract for the next uh, three years and then bring in a veteran uh, defenseman who, you know, is is going to be around the two. We, we put out some names last week. Um, if uh, you want to go back and listen to episode 192 of the Canadians Connection. Um, and I think the same sort of, of thing will happen here. If you can get rid of a Christian Dvorak um, and and his contract is his four and a half million dollar contract. Uh, and bring in um, um, a veteran who's, uh, you know, making half that, uh, that's what you do. Um, I think those are, as Chris said, uh, Kent Hughes has confirmed he's not going to be in on the five-star free agents. Uh, His signings are going to come out not on the first day of free agency. Um, They're going to come out on, you know, the subsequent days when when the lower tier is, uh, is being... Um, uh, sign oh, and we should just for uh, just for our, our listeners uh, RFA qualifying has to be done by July 11th this year and free agency opens on uh, July the 13th so what you're saying is no Evgeny Malkin no Claude Giroux no, uh, no Philip Forsberg nothing eh <laughs> no nope, uh, nope. way to way to crush my dreams <laughs> But uh, we'll move on and uh, we'll take a look at uh, some potential trades here. Uh, do you think uh, Hughes will make a big splash at the draft, making a blockbuster trade for the Devils' second overall pick? Uh, Michel Lapre, uh, he put out uh, a, I got an article for RDS uh, proposing some trades that would involve Montreal acquiring that second overall pick from the Devils. I'll go through one by one and uh, we'll pick out what our favorite one might be and if we think it's uh, realistic. All right. So the first one, uh, the Devils give the 2022 first round pick, second overall. Canadians give Caden Primo, first round pick, the Flames pick, and the 2023 first round pick from the Panthers. I'll go to Chris to start this one off. Um, I'll say no. Like I wouldn't do this uh, trade. You know, uh, you know, can getting rid of two draft picks to pick one draft player. What if the, the second round pick is uh, ends up not being um, living up to his potential? You know, you th- you have two more uh, chances to throw uh, in the dart and get good prospects. You know, I, I wouldn't go through that trade if I was the the, the Canadians. Uh, so I'd 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 pass on that one. So just just to set this up uh, a little bit more. Um, this is, and, and to his credit, Michelle Laprise from RDS is putting his neck out there. He's saying, uh, you know, here's, here's a way that, uh, the Canadians could draft Shane Wright and Yurov Slavkowski. Um, and when we talked with, uh, Jerome Berube a couple of weeks ago about the draft options for the Montreal Canadians, uh, the first thing we talked about was the Canadians uh, needs. Um, do they need a top six center? Well, yes. Uh, do they need a, a, a top six power? Well, yes. Uh, do they need a top pair of defense? Well, yes. So um, this is somebody seeing that and saying, well, the Canadians need one of everything. So what if they can do it all at once? What about, let's, let's forget about, um, you know, picking and uh, winning the, the draft lottery this year and then winning the draft. Let's do it all at once. And what if they could get both the first pick 
overall and the second pick overall from the Devils. And and we've heard um, the Devils have said that th- that pick is in play. The Ottawa pick is in play. The Columbus pick is in play in the first round. Um, so what if what if Kent Hughes can put together a, a trade uh, to do that? Uh, to draft first, um, a sh- let's say it's a Shane Wright, and to draft second with a Slavkovsky. Um, and if they're to do that, if they're giving up the the late round first round pick that we said is going to come out around twenty seventh uh, from the Flames, and then next year's um, first round or not their own, but the Panthers pick, as well as Caden Primo, um, it's 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 fascinating, and um, I think he's trying to take advantage of the fact that Caden Primo. Uh, let's be honest, he had a terrible season in, in the AHL and a terrible season in the NHL. Um, and he's, he's recouped that and certainly his confidence and, and he's been talked about in the playoffs. If you can parlay that, if you can take a uh, Caden Primo and parlay that uh, with s- some late round, uh, first round picks uh, uh, this year and next into the second overall choice, would you do that? It's an interesting thought experiment. I don't think it happens. I, I think that's a really difficult thing to uh, pull off, but I understand where um, where Michelle's going here. Yeah, that's a good point there too. And I mean, Primo, maybe he's disappointed because he's been up and down so much. That's neither here nor there, but he has uh, recouped quite a bit of his value in these playoffs. So maybe uh, maybe it's just a hot name at the moment. So that could potentially work out. I'll uh, move on to the, the second trade proposal that uh, he has in his article. So once again, it's the Devils give the second overall pick this year. And then the Canadians give Brendan Gallagher and then the Flames and the Panthers picks that they acquired. Um, do you think that this is a reasonable trade, Rick? Um, what do you think about Brendan Gallagher being included in this too? Again, Brendan Gallagher is one of those players who uh, is is not living up to his value right now. He's, he's a heart and soul guy. He's a fan favorite, um, but he's just not able to produce or play like he used to play. Um, if the Canadians can can use his value or his notoriety or um, his his uh, physical play, um, and that would be attractive to the Devils. Um, it's uh, again, it's a, a very interesting package. I don't think that the Canadians lose anything by parting ways with either a Brendan Gallagher or Caden Primo. I think, uh, like we said earlier, uh, Gallagher long term contract. Devils call if they want them. I say yes. I will do the trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stand with you on that one, Chris, for sure. <laughs> uh, the third uh, trade option here: Devils give the second overall pick and uh, Shakir Mukamadulin, and the Canadians give Cole Caulfield. So this one's a little bit different. Uh, I'm curious, Chris, what you think about this one. I I I, I wouldn't complete this trade if I was the Canadians. Cole Caulfield, you know, he's been identified as, you know, uh, a key player in the Canadian future. You know what you're getting with uh, Cole Caulfield. We saw how he ended the season last year. He has a lot of potential where you'd be giving him up for, you know, a potential draft pick. I'd, uh, I wouldn't go through with this one. 
Uh, Muka Madulin is an interesting prospect. Uh, he's been playing with um, uh, uh, Russia and the KHL and, and uh, a defenseman, uh, solid, uh, solid guy. Um, he's, uh, uh, he's got a tremendous uh, shot. Um, that's a real interesting prospect, uh, as well as the second pick overall. But no, uh, you know, the, the, the way this is being um, uh, kind of marketed is that Cole Caulfield could be reunited with Jack Hughes. I understand that. I understand why the Devils would want to do that. I don't understand why the Canadians would want to do that. Yeah, I agree. Mukamadoulin, like you said, interesting guy, six foot four defenseman, could be a top four guy, but uh, I don't think that that's going to be enough. We know what Caulfield. Cole Caulfield is right now, and uh, I think trading him would be a huge, huge risk. Now, the last and the final trade offer I have to have for you guys here. So it's once again, Devils give away second overall. The Canadians give away Jeff Petrie, but they retain part of his salary. They give away Jonathan Druin. They give, a, give away the first round pick that belonged to the Flames. They give away a second round pick, and they give away a 2022 third round pick from the Ducks. I'll go to Chris. What do you think about this one? This one, one thing that sticks out to me is like it's a lot of pieces that the Canadians are giving up. On the other hand, you're giving away players with uh, with bad. Well, Jeff Petrie has a, a contract that he doesn't you know, doesn't want to be here, so he'll be he'll be leaving. Uh, but then there's also three draft picks. It seems like a lot of pieces. Join, yes, he, he, he has a bad contract, but it's only for one more year. And the, the draft picks the Canadians would be giving away you know, could be potential players that would be with the club a lot longer. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm still undecided about this trade, but um, let's just say this is not my favorite one. Um, the more pieces you have uh, in, as Chris said, the, the, it's, it's a more complicated trade, uh, the more difficult it is to uh, engineer it. Um, but if the Devils will give you the first round pick this year, their first round pick second overall, and they will take your problems in, in and, and yes, at this point, Jonathan Duran is a problem and um, Jeff Petrie is a, is is not so much a problem, but uh, an issue. If they will take your problems, and we notice that in this one, you're only giving up the Flames' uh, uh, first round pick. You're, there's no 2023 first round pick in this one. If the if uh, you'll get the second overall, and the Devils take part of your problems, you take this one and run. Uh, this is, there's no way this happens. But if if it was ever offered, you say thank you very much and hang up the phone. Yeah, I agree with that uh, for sure. You you look at this one and you you said it best. If they're willing to take all your problems and like you're not having to give away a second first round pick, uh, I mean you throw in a second and a third. You know, maybe it is what it is. I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I I just don't see why the Devils would agree to this. Right. So looking at uh, all four of those trades, I'll start with you, Rick. Uh, do you have a favorite one that you th- that you would like to happen? Well, and, and the, again, a credit to to Michelle Laprise to, to 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 put his his neck on the line to put these out there and have people um, throw rocks at him because they don't like them. Um, but um, I, I don't think I think that I don't think they're going to happen. 
Um, I I like the 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 fourth one. As I said, it's the least likely that's going to happen. The interesting one for me is the first proposal uh, when you're when you're packaging up um, Caden Primo. Um, that that one seems kind of reasonable to me, and and if any of them, maybe uh, a chance of that happening. On my end, I'm going on my favorite as the second one with uh, Brendan Gallagher involved. Like I, I hear what you guys saying about like the, the last one, but Jonathan Drouin, like if we're all expecting him to be out by trade deadline, it's not even a problem for like a whole year, so it's uh, it's not a long term problem. So like the one from the four, the one that. Uh, I would consider doing first would be the second one involving Brendan Gallagher, who still has a long-term contract with the team. Yeah, coming into this, I I felt like the first trade proposal with Caden Primo was going to be my favorite. I'm I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards the Brendan Gallagher one, to be honest. Uh, As as much as that fourth one kind of would make sense for Montreal, I I think Jeff Petrie is probably someone that gets traded either way. And like Chris mentioned too, uh, Jonathan Druin, like it's it's one year left if you end up having to bite the bullet on that. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. But uh, you look at uh, being able to get rid of Brendan Gallagher and being able to get to that uh, second overall pick, uh, I, I, you can talk me into that. I'm okay with that. All right. Perfect. So uh, I think that'll be all for uh, segment two. Uh, Thank you to both Rick and Chris G for your insights on uh, this show. Uh, So we will take our final break on Canadians Connection. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
Welcome back to episode 193 of Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. So uh, I guess a nice shout out to Chris G for hopping in for segment two, but uh, it's back to just you and me, Rick. How's it going? That's right. And um, yeah, let's set everybody up for uh, the upcoming week. Sounds good. So first and foremost, we have some uh, cross promotion uh, for all the co- all the content available at allhabs.net. Uh, make sure you stay up to date uh, with uh, Chris G's weekly new Habs notepad that comes out every Monday. He'll get you all ready and prepared for the week. We also have our Habs headlines. They come out as they happen. So we'll keep you up to date with all things Montreal Canadiens this offseason. Plus, you can check out our newest content available on YouTube, Habs Hockey Report, hosted by Amy Johnson. Amy puts out weekly videos every Thursday, and this past week it was all about the Laval Rocket Sweep. So make sure you head over to All Habs on YouTube, hit subscribe, Hit like if you liked what you heard today. Also, leave a comment, and she'll answer all your questions. And uh, also, and, sure and I'll you- just oh. I'll just add to that. Um, in addition to uh, the fine content she puts out, uh, youtube.com slash allhabs, as you mentioned, um, th- she has a question of the week. Uh, she has a fan section um, of the show and asked which NHL, I'm going to paraphrase, which NHL rule, um, what do you hate and would you ditch? Um, and getting some great responses. Um, and if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know, my answer, I'll just repeat it for, for our new listeners. The trapezoid is the dumbest rule in <laughs> hockey, the dumbest. Now, yes, I, I have a bias towards goaltenders, but what other rule penalizes skill? Uh, and what they're doing is penalizing the the uh, good puck handling uh, goaltenders by not being able to go outside their little trapezoid, their little fenced off area. It's dumb. It it would make for far more exciting hockey if you open that up. Uh, the good puck handlers would get the puck uh, up to the defenseman. The bad puck handlers would make a flub, and you'd have uh, more entertainment. It's a it's the dumbest rule in hockey. I don't know which category Mike Smith belongs in after all. These <laughs> well, years. He, yeah, he could be in a, both, both, right? Yeah, exactly. Also, every Saturday throughout the summer, we have our Canadians Connection podcast. We're going to keep it right through the whole postseason and keep you up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens. Plus, every Tuesday, watch out for the press zone. It's Laval Rocket playoffs. They're headed off uh, to uh, the Eastern Conference final. So that's your primary source for information on that and on tuesday uh, patrick williams will join in for the ahl hot stove and by then um that's the show to check out to uh, find out the matchup for the laval rocket um in their uh next uh, round of the playoffs awesome so now it's time for our canadians connection question of the week uh you can go to facebook and find our all habs facebook page to find this question so should kent hughes make a trade with new jersey to acquire the second overall pick in the 2022 nhl entry draft we talked about this briefly in segment two but uh, we'd love to hear what people have to say about this one 
Yeah, should he make a trade? Uh, yes or no? If he should, uh, which option do you like? Uh, which of the four options that that were presented? Um, do you think that he's going to be trading with New Jersey for the second overall pick? Is he going to be trading with uh, Ottawa Senators, who have said their first-round pick is available? Uh, Columbus's might be available. Um, any any combination of that, we want to hear uh, what you have to say. Perfect. And Montreal Canadiens have some important dates coming up next week on the 5th of May. That's on Monday. The NHL scouting combine begins in Buffalo. So Shane Wright, Uri Slavkovsky, and Logan Cooley are among the 96 prospects invited to participate. So we'll see. If we're splitting hairs, this could be the difference in who gets drafted first overall or second overall. Scouting combines the number of of uh, physical tests that they have to do and opportunities for interviews. Um, the scouting combine maybe is not uh, the the uh, most glamorous event on the NHL schedule, but for the Canadians this year, because of having the first overall pick, this is a crucial event to keep an eye on, and we'll have uh, reports about it next Saturday on the Canadians Connection. Then uh, the very next day on Tuesday, the 31st, Western Conference Final begins. Edmonton Oilers versus Colorado Avalanche. As we mentioned, that's Kulak versus Lekkonen. We'll see who gets to move along. And then on June the 1st, it's Eastern Conference Finals. That will begin with Tampa Bay versus one of Carolina or the New York Rangers. We'll find out who gets to move on. Corey Perry, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Um, all, all involved there, but there's those, those, uh, we'll, we'll figure out what's going to happen with those draft picks, uh, for the Canadians. And maybe we'll have more of an answer as those series go on. Yep. It's all about, are they going to pick 26 or 27? I'm very <laughs> excited about this, as you can tell. <laughs> so happy Mo- Memorial day, stay safe this weekend. And, uh, we'll be back next Saturday, June the 4th, uh, it's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe to Canadians Connection in the player or on your favorite podcast apps. You can share on social media if you like what you heard today. You can also leave a rating. Uh, enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday for another great episode. And thank you very much for listening to Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.